Hi, it's Dave Baggett, and welcome to the App Guy podcast. I'm the founder of Inky.com, and you can check out Inky in the iTunes Store. Organizes all your mail. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy podcast. I set up this podcast because I want to help you. I want to help you if you're working and you're looking to make a change in your life, uh, whatever your uh, whatever brings you to this podcast, and I can help you because I go around the world and find the most interesting guests that we can find, people that are living extraordinary lives, maybe different to what we're living, and we want to learn from them, learn what we can, because then we can apply it to ourselves. So this is all about self-improvement and helping you make a difference. And so today, in my quest to do this, I have a great guest. His name is Ryan Moran. And you'll learn a lot from him because I want you to go right now and uh, have a search for his podcast. Just go into your favorite podcast app or iTunes and search for Freedom Manifesto. It's freedomfastlane.com, freedomfastlane.com. Leave him a five-star review. I'm going to do that as well. Uh, Ryan, it is a pleasure to have you on my humble podcast. Paul, thanks so much for having me on the App Guy podcast. It's good to be here. It, It is. And I guess I need to start off by saying what made you an entrepreneur how did you end up uh you know with a podcast and with uh becoming an author and putting a, a website up and you know just perhaps you can give us in a few minutes your your journey to where you you are now sure i came out of the womb an entrepreneur i my first business was when i was four or five years old and i drew hand-drawn pictures on computer paper and went door to door around the neighborhood selling them for a penny each and i made four cents that night and my dad bought all the computer paper, so it was 100% profit. So my first business was 100% cash flow. Thank you very much. Yeah. Now adjusted for inflation, that's like $4 million today. So, <laughs> so that's I amazing. my first real business right out of high school, just doing internet marketing and selling products as an affiliate. I would put up websites, get them to rank in Google, sell products on those websites. And I, as a result, I became pretty well known for being good at making money online. And I made all these connections and all these people started asking me to teach this stuff. Well, I never got into the entrepreneurial game in order to be one of those make money online gurus. But slowly but surely, I got warped into that world and I hated every minute of it. And... I did not enjoy being one of those guys. I didn't enjoy the people in that industry. I didn't enjoy the pro. I didn't think the products that were sold were very good, and uh, I just didn't enjoy what I was doing. So, about a year and a half, two years ago, I decided to start making a pivot out of that industry, and I decided that instead of ha- having all these products where I was selling, you know, pedal whatever I had to pedal that week or pedal that month. I decided that I felt way better about just running my businesses and talking about business and entrepreneurship and doing it in a public venue and talking about all of it for free on my podcast, for writing books about it and sharing all of that. And I found that I felt more filled up when I did that and I made more connections and people resonated with that message a lot stronger. So that's how that was kind of my journey today. 
yes, I have the podcast, I have the book, and I also run some very successful businesses that are mostly online, a little bit offline. I also own a restaurant and I invest all of my profits into stocks and real estate. There's my entrepreneurial journey in a minute and a half. Well, Ryan, for the one and a half minutes you went through that, I am totally inspired. And one of the reasons why I set this podcast up was to meet people just like yourself, because I had those same feelings. You know, I, uh, I've i shared my journey on this podcast uh, in the early episodes. Uh, I was drawn into internet marketing because I set up a failed bricks and mortar business after leaving a, a successful career in the city. And, and you're right. I was just drawn in because I wanted to be one of those guys, one of those internet marketers. And uh, it, it did feel like uh, when you chase the money, it, you don't feel as rewarded. Uh, things aren't perhaps as, success, as successful as you, you think they would be. And, and I think there's a shared history between us there in terms of the feelings that we got with regards to, uh, you know, being trying to, trying to, I guess, copy in, the, in, in, in one of those gurus. Would you say that's fair? That's fair, and I think I have an explanation of why we feel that way, of why people feel that way. And it's because there's two ways that you can you can go into a business scenario or really any scenario where there's a transaction taking place, and that is givers and takers. And those who are takers have a viewpoint that there's a pie, and you have to take the biggest piece of your pie as possible and by you taking something everyone else loses misses out but you have to take as big a pie as possible some people will say we need to share the pie everybody should get an equal portion of the pie these are people who are takers people who have that mindset the problem with being in a take mentality is one there's never enough and two you're operating from a place of lack so if you are where you are now and you want to get something. In order to get it, you need to take it and that creates a gap between where you are now and what you need to take. And the problem, since there's never enough, is that we're always operating in the state of lack, which causes us to burn out really, really quickly. The opposite of that is a give mentality or a share mentality, which is I already have and now I am giving out of that abundance. And with that perspective, we already have enough, but we're sharing more, and the pie, rather than being finite, just gets bigger. And if we all had that mentality of rather than trying to take our piece of the pie, we're trying to give to the pie, we're trying to give, as a result, the pie would be bigger, and we could have as big a slice of pie as we wanted, and everyone has enough. And we get to operate completely from this place of abundance which is very different from offer, from operating from the place of I don't have enough. So I always say, if for people who are looking at quitting their job, people who are looking to make a change, I say, where do you feel most abundant and how can you give from that place? Or where do you already know that you're producing an immense amount of value and how can you do that more? How can you focus more time on producing that amount of value? Because then you can operate from this give mentality of, I'm sharing from where I am most abundant, and at the same time, I'm creating the maximum amount of value in the marketplace, which means I'm going to be compensated at the maximum amount. Ryan, I love that. I, I That is so inspirational, and it almost summarizes the feelings that I was going through where 
I earned more in one year than my dad would have ever dreamed of earning, you know, when I was in the city. And yet I was unhappy. I was, yeah. to, to everyone outside, they thought, you know, I must have been, you know, living the dream. But I wasn't. I was unhappy and I just didn't feel like I had a purpose. I, I, I'd forgotten I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, and just the way you've summarized that absolutely makes so much sense. And Did you I, feel I want, like there was never enough, Paul? Did you have that mentality at the same time? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I bought a sports car <laughs> and uh, I, I had um, enough you know, I, disposable income to not even worry about money, which was, you know, I guess a nice thing. I maybe was drawn to that because my parents always had to work really hard to, to afford anything and had to make a lot of sacrifices, you know, to bring up their kids. Mm -hmm. And so uh, th there was that part. But yeah, uh, just a real emptiness, a void as a, because I was a taker. Yes. Yes, you're, you had yourself in mind. And those who seek security, and I, I mean, I only know because I went through the exact same thing, the exact same thing. And the, that mentality causes you to burn out very, very quickly. Because those who seek security never find it. Those who seek opportunity get both. Secular, you know, I think one of the things that holds most people back, especially those who know that they want to make a change but they don't know how or they don't feel like they can, they're clinging to the illusion of security. Security is a feeling. It's not a real thing. You can't reach into your pocket and show me security. You can't reach into your pocket and show me happiness either. They're constructs. They're ideas. They're not real, tangible things. So security is not real. It's a perception. It is a feeling. But when we come from a take mentality, we're operating from that crock part of our brain. It's a part of our brain, the oldest part of our brain, that all it knows how to do is keep us safe. And we've outgrown that as a species, but it's still controlling us. And that part of the brain says, there's never enough security. I need to survive, so I need to get more and more and more and more and more. But that part of the brain is never satisfied. So if we continue to seek security, we never find it. It constantly eludes us, and nothing is ever enough to fill that. This is a gold mine, and it's a shame. I guess when you look back on your life with hindsight, uh, you can maybe have made different decisions. You know, one of the things I'd like to talk to you about is that I guess in society, we all have uh, our own communities, our friends, and our family around us. And we end up on these wrong paths because we, ex we we think we're expected to do these things. We think we're expected to go and get a great education at university, which then will set us up for having a great career that will help us buy a car to get to work and have this, <laughs> you know, all these things. Uh, go spend how, yeah. years of your life preparing to spend 30 years of your life somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I know. And and so how can we try and break away from that, you know, and get exposed to different ways to live? And, and because when you, you do, uh, I guess, change your life, uh, it, you know, you can be going against the grain a little bit, you know, if all your uh, community, your peers are doing, you know, the usual thing, the, the built, going up the steps of the career ladder. How, how do we focus on making a change and, you know, I guess, do what I'm doing, meeting other people through a podcast? Because... Uh, can you give us some tips on that, some advice? Well, I would just say look at the fruit. Look at the people around you and the fruit that they're producing. And look at people who are a few years ahead of you but on the same path that you're on. 
do you want to be where they're at in a few years? And I don't care how old you are. If you're on a path that's leading somewhere and you look around and there's peers who are a few years ahead, is that something that you want? If somebody is a few years ahead of you and they've got a promotion and they're working the same number of hours and spending the same amount of time away from their family and the things they love, is that something that you want? If it's not, then it's time to pivot and it's time to pivot now. There's a quote, I believe it's from C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to botch the quote, forgive me, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, if two men are walking down the wrong path together, the one who shows the most progress is he who turns around first. And that means that a lot of times we feel like we have to stay on a path because we have a certain amount of time or energy invested into that path. But there's another path that we'd really like to be on, but the road back to it seems so long. He who shows the most progress is the one who stops walking down the wrong path first. And I would just say, look at the people around you, because they're on that path and probably not considering adjusting that path. Most people are still being run by crock brain. If you can step out of that for a second and say, what do I really want? If I could really create the life that I want, because you can... What would I create? If I really could create my life again, would I create the path of being where I am in three years or being where I'm going in three years? Is that something I desire? Or is there something else in my time that I would rather be doing? Because money is replaceable. Time is not. So I would ask, what do you really want to do with your time? And in three years, if you don't make a change, are you happy making that? And are you willing to trade those wasted three years for whatever is at the end of that? And sometimes that's a really hard conversation to have internally, but it's enough for us to say, it's time for me to make a change. I think where people get held up is they don't know what comes after the change. They say, okay, I'm ready to give something up. And so what I have, what I've, uh, the way that I've been able to, I guess, satisfy my crock brain is I start planting seeds for, for planting seeds for spring and when they start to sprout, that's when I feel safe enough to leave the old path behind and pursue something new. So, so Ryan, there's something else I've been meaning to ask you and uh, it's, you know, we're all running our businesses. Uh, I, I love to know if you have any particular pain points in your business right now, things that are really frustrating you, and maybe we could flesh out an idea for an app that could solve that pain point. Actually, my businesses are mostly Amazon-based right now. And the biggest pain point that I have in my business is that there's cheaters on Amazon. There's people who fake reviews. There are people who will create fake accounts in order to create fake reviews. And that's the biggest pain point in my business. If there was an app that helped track cheaters, I would pay gobs and gobs of money for, <laughs> for that. Right. But that, that currently is it. Actually, since my, my businesses are mostly Amazon-based, the biggest driver of sales is reviews. And one thing I would say to app developers who or, or anybody who was a solopreneur who was looking at trends and who want to develop a, a, a software or some sort of service-based business, I would say one of the trends is we have this peer review system in everything. 
We have it on Amazon. We have it on Yelp. We have it on Uber. Everything is going peer review based. So I would be looking at that as a major trend and saying, where can I appify things to be peer review based? And are there things that are going on where I can modify a system or something where I can just add a peer review system to something that exists? I think that is the trend for everything right now. And that's what I would, even though I'm not an app developer, I am, my business does thrive on that. And so I'd recommend that solopreneurs be very in tune to that trend. Well, Ryan, you know, your episode 112 of the App Guy podcast, and uh, that's the first time that we've talked about a really serious issue, which is cheating. And it's not just on Amazon. I mean, if we look at uh, apps as well on the App Store, uh, it's incredibly important to have reviews. It's actually really, really challenging to get uh, someone who's using your app for free to just spend uh, one minute reviewing and rating the app. And uh, I I just think we're onto something there, you know, some way of uh, either identifying people that are providing fake reviews, highlighting it somehow, uh, because it is really unfair. And, and you know, for, for those that are being honest and not going down that road, uh, it's just, it, it's a little bit sickening to see uh, cheaters uh, doing that. It's a constant battle for us. And it is the most frustrating thing because when you try to play the game right, and every three to four months, somebody comes up and tries to game the system, it's exhausting. And you have to go through the same process, and your business suffers. Now, that's part of the cost of being involved in a channel where you are dependent on the, – the control is somewhat out of your out of your the, – the peer reviewers are somewhat out of, out of your control. The channel is out of your control. But as a result, you know, that's the price we pay to, to play that game. But it's enormously frustrating. And if somebody could do it better, I would, I'd, I would give them the most awkwardly long hug anybody's ever seen. So I, <laughs> either way, look, that it's a trend that's happening. And if you want to serve needs, look at trends. Where are trends heading? And that is in as far as apps go, as far as products go, as products service, services go. Peer reviews is where everything is heading, and I think it would be wise to pay very close attention to that trend. So let's talk about something else that you mentioned earlier, which is transparency. And I'm a big advocate of transparency. I, I love the idea of uh, you know being authentic. And a lot of indie app developers, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs listening right now, it, it can be quite a courageous thing to... Uh, show your flaws and uh, failures to the world because we believe that to get clients we have to overhype our uh, I guess experiences and our portfolios and the things that we've done just look at LinkedIn you know every single profile everyone's like a president or founder or you know it's uh, what what could you could you talk to transparency and, and perhaps provide us with a view of why you think it's important to be authentically ourselves well, yeah, there's, there's, we've talked about trends, and I think one of the trends actually right now is that people are reading through misrepresentation. And there's something that happens in our brains when someone is completely vulnerable or completely honest and is transparent about their flaws. Because we actually have a part of our brains that is always skeptical, and when we let that guard down and we 
admit that we have a flaw somewhere, it actually satisfies that part of the brain that is looking for the thing. It's looking for the catch. What's your flaw? What are you hiding? Because everyone knows that no one's perfect. So when you're actually transparent and you say whatever the flaw is or whatever it is that you're not good at or you're just honest about the fact that you ain't perfect, it actually satisfies that part of the brain and it makes people connect with you more. And as a result, you're more well-liked and trusted. You probably get more clients and you probably have a bigger audience as well. And so I'd say those who are inflating their stats and their numbers and their titles are hiding behind something. They're hiding behind their flaws because they're scared of them. If you show up and you say, this is what I've got, you actually end up attracting more business and more like-minded people to yourself than he who is just putting on a show. That's great advice because uh, I, I'm so glad that we touched on that. It seems to me that it's just important for anyone listening right now, the Appster tribe, just think about you know what you're, how you're presenting yourself to the world and are you one of the 99% of people that seem to overhype their CV, their resume, their LinkedIn status, and uh, or, or are you being genuine and being authentic? And I, I, I've actually interviewed a lot of interesting people like yourself who put, seem to put their personalities online and do a lot better because of it. And, and, and that makes them unique because we're all unique, right? That's the one thing that we, we have going for us. So. Right. Well, people, people want to buy from people that they trust. And in the world of the internet, where we have a peer review system everywhere, where everything is out there, we all know that no one is perfect. And as a result, we constantly feel like we have to question everything that we're being told, which is good because we're being having a ton of information thrown at us constantly. And one way that you can shortcut that process is just being transparent about everything. So, Ryan, what have you got going on right now that's getting uh, you really excited? What uh, stuff is you could could you tell us about your business that that you can share that that would be of interest to us? Well, when people aren't cheating, I'm very passionate about my Amazon-based businesses. Right, <laughs> I have, okay. I have a uh, a men's health and fitness company. I also have a nutritional supplement company, and I have a yoga products company, which is called Zen Active Sports. We sell mats and blocks and towels and yoga products like that. I also am really excited about my podcast, which has been soaring up in iTunes. And uh, I also, you know, I, I own a restaurant and, um, and I invest uh, very regularly. But I'm most excited about my Amazon businesses right now when people play fair. This morning, since you asked, this morning somebody, uh, somebody is cheating and we have that fire to deal with. So my energy on it is a little bit frustrated but most right. days most days I, I'm, I love that business and perhaps you can go just a little bit more detail about your Amazon business you know tell us how it is that you're you're using Amazon because obviously it's a, we can use Amazon in many different ways how are you actually tapping into their platform sure well you know Amazon's a channel and one thing that I I tell people is when you're starting a business look at what channels have money flowing through them and position yourself on that channel. If you have physical products, it's Amazon.com. If you're an app developer, it's you know the the Play Store or the iTunes Store. Or if you're a podcaster, it's the iTunes Store. 
if it if you're a digital information publisher, it's clickbank.com. So there's a bunch of channels out there where people are spending money. So if you have a product or service, look at the channels where people are spending money and figure out how that channel is played and play it to the best of your ability. That's how you get in front of buyers. So for us, when I started my yoga products company, we went with Amazon.com, obviously, and learned how that channel worked. And it's really simple how it works. It's a very simple business. And that is we find what is selling really well on Amazon. We go out and we use a site like Alibaba.com, which is a source of wholesale suppliers. And we negotiate with different suppliers to see who can provide the best product at the best price with the fastest shipping. And we buy them in wholesale. We develop the best product possible. They get shipped over to Amazon's warehouse. And Amazon has a program called Fulfilled by Amazon where they do all the packing, they do all the shipping, they do all of the order processing, they do everything. And then they ship them out one by one. So we take a stand where we attempt to, we will look at a wholesale product, buy that, have shipping and all those costs. We break it down per unit. So if we spend $10 on a unit, we'll try to sell it for double. So that's where we start is, is we'll then sell it. We got it at $10 a unit. We're selling it at $20 a unit, sometimes more. And then we just provide awesome customer service because reviews are everything on Amazon. So we're trying to create the best product at the best price and have the best customer service possible. And as a result, because of that peer review system, our products have been have gotten really popular on Amazon. That is the nuts and bolts. For the last year, it's completely been on Amazon. And now we're looking at things like retail. We're looking at things like taking orders through our own website and expanding that business. But for the last year plus, it's been 100% Amazon based. You know, I, I love this show because it's uh, a show that where we, we try to generate ideas and, and get our creative juices flowing. Okay, so uh, just bear with me. I've got an idea here. Wouldn't it be great if when you ship products, uh, you know, when you walk into Starbucks, you, you often get this little free download an app card. Uh, you know, it's an app of the week or something like that. Uh, in, in when you're shipping physical products, I think it would be really cool to ship uh, the download of a f- free app, your app, for example, where you can maybe uh, use it to get discounts, uh, maybe a loyalty program as well for the more products you buy from you, the the better you get, uh, better discount codes you get, and also a very easy way to provide feedback. Feedback. And in fact, incentivize, I'm not sure if you're allowed to do this, but certainly somehow encourage the uh, buyer to uh, leave some feedback using the app to uh, leave, you know, I guess, useful feedback. And, and that, I just think that's there's something in that maybe. You know, you, can, you can't incentivize reviews most of the time, but you can incentivize purchases. And if you can get someone to become a repeat buyer, they are much more likely to leave feedback and leave reviews. So simple solution here is if you can incentivize or gamify purchasing and becoming a loyal customer, they're more likely to leave feedback in the form of a review or whatever system that, they, that they're using. 
Yeah, and this is one of the really exciting uh, areas uh, is because we had uh, on this show uh, a, a, a wonderful founder who's invented this uh, stamp. It's a plastic stamp that is absolutely unique. And when stamped onto any app that is programmed to identify it, it can, it can do things like uh, provide some kind of loyalty. So imagine that being shipped along with then, you know, a, su a suggestion of where to download the app. And then the customer, every time they buy something, they, they stamp in, they provide some loyalty. The stamp maybe um, does heads them over to the Amazon for review, which just makes the whole process. And basically, you're engaging with the, the customers. You know, you're making them fans. You're making them tribes. Uh, I, I think that maybe there's something in, in that. And uh, yeah, that's where we're going with apps. It's just really exciting. Yeah, and, and again, it comes back to that that peer review system. That is a trend that is continuing to grow and grow and grow and if you're looking to make a splash in something just look at trends and put your energy on making those trends be consumed faster or spread faster or in a way that is better than the existing systems well ryan it has been a pleasure i mean we've gone through a lot of stuff you are an inspiration to me it's been a great story uh, where where can we find out more about you how can we uh, get to know about you a lot more yeah as i mentioned I, I give away all my secrets now on my podcast which is free called freedom fast lane and my website is freedomfastlane.com great well ryan thanks for joining us it's been a wonderful episode uh, wish you all the best there with what you're go you've got going on uh, i'm going to go right now over to your podcast and listen to it and no doubt it's going to be worth a five-star review and you've made me mindful of being just a little bit more pr pr uh, i guess honest and um, uh, more action oriented when leaving reviews because i think if more of us could actually leave reviews would be a would be able to uh, beat these cheats <laughs> well paul I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast. <laughs>